You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. What I do. How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have. But without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. All right, welcome in. It is the Hump Day Edition, Jay Barker Show. We got uh, in studio today, Tony Curry, Tony Curry Radio Network, Lars Anderson, and uh, we got a lot to dive into, and uh, also the new uh, college football playoffs, uh, getting into that as far as when the uh, playoff projections will come out, and uh, we got some from CBS Sports, uh, but uh, not till November the 1st till we get our first CFP as far as who would be in the final four coming up uh, right now, Alabama's got a big one coming up next week. They get the bye week this weekend, but got at LSU, then at Ole Miss, two really tough road games for the Crimson Tide, and then Austin P, then the Auburn Tigers at home. So really a four-game stretch uh, for Alabama as they get ready for uh, hopefully uh, win out and uh, get into the SEC Championship once again and maybe a rematch with the Tennessee Volunteers or the Georgia Bulldogs. So we'll talk about what that means for next week, LSU coming up, and uh, how big of a game that's going to be, how they've improved uh, throughout the year under Brian Kelly. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. And uh, get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. They do a ton of events each and every day. They do a lot of charitable events as well as a lot of corporate events uh, at Top Golf of Birmingham. Whether it's with the family, whether it's coworkers or friends, you'll love it. We call it the bowling of this generation. That's Top Golf of Birmingham. We're also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. 
Guys, good afternoon. I hope everybody's doing well. A little bit more chilly today than it's been over the last couple of weeks. But uh, fall is here, and uh, football season is getting to that point where we got a lot to get into and talk about as, down the stretch as teams begin to position themselves to hopefully make it to their championships in their conference as well as get into the four-team playoff. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. We're waiting on Lars to get here. He's en route uh, from T-Town, so he'll be here shortly. So uh, I'm just holding down the fort here at AVX Studios and Tony Curry. And uh, you talked about the big bye week coming up this weekend for Alabama. Another team that's got a bye week is Mississippi State. We're hoping that Mike Leach will join our show uh, either today or Friday. I reached out to him earlier this morning. Uh, He's got some time on his hands, and he'll give us a segment or two on that. And I I really believe this, Jay. Uh, First of all, uh, the smelly fish, you you know what a smelly fish is, right? That's when yes. you look at a line, you're like, wait a minute, something's wrong. Las Vegas is telling us something. The the smelliest fish I've seen so far getting into week eight slash nine coming up this week, and we'll talk about that, is Jimbo fishing for a new job. We'll talk about that coming up in just a few minutes. And also, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, uh, I believe right now, November 5th, that next big ball game, LSU-Alabama, is going to decide the West. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think LSU playing at a very high level right now. And, uh, you know, for them, I think, you know, Brian Kelly, he came in year one, uh, was kind of made fun of with the recruiting dance and other things that was said, you know, the way that he talked, uh, trying to be all Southern when he first was introduced as the LSU head coach, Tony. And, you know, the, the thing about it for him is he's been around the block. He understands how to move through a season mm-hmm. to be patient, kind of build and grow a team. And uh, going to LSU is tough to play anyway. And, and, and there's things that LSU does that are that are this really good uh, on defense, especially their front four, in uh, their secondary, and also with their uh, as far as the, the pass rush and things they can do to disrupt Bryce Young, like we saw with Tennessee. Also on the other side, dual threat quarterback that can cause some issues for you as well, which Alabama has and all defenses have struggled with those dual threat quarterbacks. They can throw it down the field, but also can make plays with their feet. So Brian Kelly has got them playing at a very very high level right now. And this is going to be a great matchup for, for Alabama. They have not played well on the road, especially uh, Bryce has not played well on the road at times. And, and, and again, the composure, coaches talked about the anxiety of this team and other things. They've got to overcome that, especially in this week off. And, you know, a good thing for Alabama is, you know, they get the week off, they get some guys healthy. Bryce will get healthier, Tony. And the big, the bigger thing is, you know, better go back to self-scout, look at some things they're doing really well, some things they're not doing so well. And more importantly, a little bit of extra time to work on this LSU team. And also, uh, right after that, you get Ole Miss on the road as well. After that, Alabama's Austin P. Then Auburn. So the four-game stretch is not that you know that bad for the four-game stretch. But these next two are huge uh, for Alabama to get into that SEC title game and get a chance to play in the playoffs once again. And I think Brian Kelly really uh, showed us a lot this past weekend. Get down seventy to three, they outscored Ole Miss forty-two to three after that point. And everyone's looking up at the TV screen and saying, "I cannot believe that line. Why does LSU favor this football game?" Well, now we know why. I mean, they blew out Ole Miss, and that offense is starting to gel. You look at the two losses that Brian Kelly's had: the first game of the year, twenty-four twenty-three to FSU, and of course that was a much ballyhooed game. A lot of people were excited about that. A lot of people thought maybe FSU was better than we actually thought after they got the victory. A game that LSU could have won, and of course the other game where they get blown out against Tennessee and everyone's been getting blown out against Tennessee. So, yeah, I think that game's going to decide uh, the West on November 5th. Uh, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. And, you know, Jay, I was at that game uh, this past weekend, and a couple things um, really uh, stuck out to my mind. First of all, I love the fact that the Alabama football players, you guys probably already talked about this, took a knee in front of the uh, Mississippi State Tunnel as they came out uh, to remember the life of uh, Sam Westmoreland. Um, And I thought that was a beautiful sight. Obviously, the flyer was wonder. That was a crowd that wanted to get 
incited. I mean, that crowd there at Bryant-Denny on Saturday was ready to explode, but just never had the reason to do it. And it was a very difficult game to watch. 24-zip at halftime. Um, yeah, they got the cover. Uh, and, and, and I, and I, I want to get into the Bill O'Brien aspect of this because everybody around me, and Alabama fans, and I know Alabama fans are, are hard to make happy. You, you, you get the cover, you win by 30, it doesn't matter. It, it's, it's all about the eye test. A lot of people were wondering about the play calling in that particular ball game. There were two um, unsportsmanlike conduct calls. There were two uh, roughing the pass here calls against Mississippi State. They had 10 penalties. Flipped the tables a little bit. Alabama only had three. And one of the reasons that, that, that those unsportsmanlike conduct calls were Bryce was, like, leading his receivers, like, all over the football field in the point where they were led into double coverage. They were going to get killed. And I thought that was really surprising. And even on the passes he completed, and he put the ball up 37 times on Saturday, receivers sliding to catch footballs. There was nothing hit in stride. And, and I wanted to ask you, and you just mentioned it, uh, Bryce gets the week off to get a little healthier, but but what are you seeing from him right now? He does not look crisp at all. You're talking about a football team that only rushed for 29 yards on 27 attempts, and that's not what we wanted to see against Mississippi State. Take some of that pressure off Bryce so he doesn't have to put it up nearly 40 times, and the fact that Mississippi State actually outgained Alabama yards-wise totally blow my mind. I, I, I just was like, wow, it was an ugly game to watch. It was a big win. We'll take the W. But at the same time, Bryce just does not look like that guy we saw last year. Yeah, Tony, I think both teams under 300 yards total offense. And Alabama had like yep. 30 yards rushing or something like that. I mean, that's just not a normal Alabama team. Now, look, Alabama's offense, uh, if you look at what they're, I don't know if they still are, but they were currently ranked fifth in points per game, ninth in yards per game. So the offense has actually played as far as overall looking at the numbers, the metrics, but the running game has been hit or miss. It's been big gain or no gain. And they got to get more consistent there. I think that'll take some pressure off of Bryce. The biggest thing is I think he missed those two weeks of practice. We talk about how each week, even if you're playing an Austin P, if you're playing a you know a, a team that's lower division, you got to stay in the same mindset. You got to keep preparing each week. That's the only way that you get better. So you can't worry about the name of the opponent. Instead, you work hard to get better each and every week. And I think Bryce being out for two weeks, I think he's a little rusty. Uh, and, and that should be the case. I think he's also still dealing with some some issues there that he's got to continue to work through. And that's going to be probably a season long deal uh, with his arm. And, you know, that's something that is a quarterback. And, you know, you know that and you're going to play and you're going to use the adrenaline to get out there and play at the highest level you can. And I thought he played an unbelievable game uh, in his comeback against uh, Tennessee after not playing, you know, uh, really practicing for two weeks. I mean, throwing a ball. Uh, his pitch count was pretty much zero the whole week. Uh, so the uh, leading up into that game, one of the things I want to get into, and I know we got Roger Hoover coming up next, uh, but we can talk about it after that. Uh, but I want to get your initial thoughts on it, but the college football playoff projections, this is via CBS sports, a guy that we had on many times talking college football, as well as college basketball, Jerry Palm put this out. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but he's got Georgia Bulldogs at number one, Ohio state right now at number two. He's got three Tennessee volunteers. This, uh, this again, is a CFP uh, prediction and uh, projections via CBS Sports and Jerry Palm. Uh, number four, Clemson Tigers. Number five, Michigan Wolverines. TCU Horn Frogs, number six, and Alabama Crimson Tide at number seven. Oklahoma State at eight, Oregon at nine, and Penn State rounding out the top ten. But Alabama at number seven after a 52-49 to 49 loss, 17 penalties, uh, over 100 yards of penalty yards, in that game. And again, you know, that's part of the discipline. That's part of the game, but to only lose by three points to the number three team in the country and to be down four spots from them with teams like Clemson. And I know Michigan's played well, TCU in front of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, Michigan's got Michigan State this weekend. Of course, a big rivalry game, and of course, like Ohio State looming uh, down the road. I, listen, um, I'm an eye, I'm an eye test guy, and we just mentioned Bryce Young. He doesn't look look particularly good. And, and, and one of the things I really thought they could have taken some pressure off, while of course he threw the ball 37 times this past weekend. Jameer Gibbs rushed for 37 yards, which is unlike because we're used to getting him 100, 100 and a half, and he only rushed the ball 10 times. I didn't see him. Jay, I don't, maybe I missed it, offensively speaking. I didn't see him come under the football game into the sixth offensive play for the Crimson Tide. I'm not sure why, because he's been the go-to guy for everything on that offense. So that was kind of strange. But, yeah, I mean, listen, it, it, it's, 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 it's October 26th, right, or 26th, 27th. Um, we're sitting here in, in the latter parts of October, and obviously if Alabama's good enough to make it into the Final Four, they'll move up those ranks. I think it's just an eye test thing. And I really think this November 5th game in LSU – is going to be a booger bear for Alabama. I really do. There's a lot of things. I don't know if it's anxiety. I don't know if they're banged up. I don't know if it's injuries. I don't know leadership. I don't know what it is. But this Crimson Tide team, and I hear what you're saying, man. They're covering ball games. They lost to the number three team by three points. I get all those things. But this Alabama Crimson Tide team has not been crisp from the get-go. The teams that they have blown out, the Utah States, I don't, I don't think that counts because they're so much better physically and talent-wise then a lot of the teams are playing on their football schedule, but something's not right with this Alabama football team right now. I would not want to see them take on a Michigan-Ohio State, even a Clemson at this point, because I'm afraid they get a loss. But we'll see what happens, and we'll see if great football teams get better as the team goes on, and as the season goes on, LSU is certainly one of those teams. Well, hopefully Alabama can be one of those teams too November 5th. Yeah, big week of recovery and uh, also preparation, getting ready for next weekend. LSU, again, at LSU, at Ole Miss, Austin P at home, Auburn at home, and that stretch for the Crimson Tide. We'll talk more about it coming up on the other side. Roger Hoover is going to join us from CTSN, Crimson Tide Sports Network, and uh, get a chance to get his take as we do each and every Wednesday at this time. Tony Curry, Tony Curry Radio Network. I'm Jay Barker. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show live from ABX. Audio Video Excellence continues. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service. Seven. Tomorrow and Friday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 75, the high Friday at 78 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 61 degrees in Tuscaloosa. CTSN, Crypto Tide Sports Network, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on the Alabama Crimson Tide in this bye week. And uh, see, he may have thought it was a bye week for him, Tony. So maybe that's uh, the case. I'm not sure about <laughs> Roger Hoover, but we'll we'll Everybody's see. Everybody's uh, on a bye week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They should. They should. One of my questions when I ask him though, when he comes on, is and I haven't heard much anymore about it. Um, I, I know just a, a few updates here and there, but you know, Eli Gold kind of getting some more updates on him and uh, when he might be back broadcasting for the Crimson Tide. 
Yeah, man, it just hasn't been the same without Eli. It's a, it, you know what, Jay? It has been just a really strange year for the Alabama mm-hmm. Crimson Tide. I mean, uh, getting through it with just the one loss, it's just been kind of a funky kind of strange feeling. And it, it goes all the way from, you know, the broadcast booth to the quarterback uh, to the anxiety issues. It's just been kind of a strange year, and I guess that, that we should be blessed that Alabama's only got the one loss so far, but it's been kind of strange, and, and uh, it was interesting. And I have to share this story before I forget. I was sitting next to a, a gentleman uh, with some scholarship seats uh, that were that were given to me, and I was super blessed to have those, and I brought uh, my son Santa with me. And uh, While you were being recognized uh, for your 30th anniversary of the national championship in 1992, and by the way, it was so cool to see gene stallings on that football field and the applause that he got was just wonderful man it was hard not to shed a tear but the guy sitting next to me said dude how cool would it be to be buds with jay barker (laughs) 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 and i I laughed and i said you know funny you should bring that up i said i did a show with jay for about 14 or 15 years and his eyeballs were the size of those footballs he goes oh my (laughs) gosh you're tony curry from the from the show, the radio show, and I said, "Yeah, I said Jay and our Jay and our are good buds, but man, he he loves seeing you, and he was oh, asking awesome. a million questions about you. You you were so beloved. That was so cool to be down there. I, I wanted to ask you, what was it like? And I'm sure you probably uh, talked about this already, but what was it like to get up with your guys from 30 years ago? Because that picture that was taken that you sent us uh, that looked like it was being taken over top of a concourse down on the crowd with, of course, your coach in the middle was just a fantastic pick. But what was it like to see all those guys again? Yeah, it was great. And actually, that's Kent, uh, who is our photographer. He was there when I was there. He was young then, just like all of us, and uh, still the photographer for the Crimson Tide. And all the things that you see with with the sports photography and stuff and all the different players and plays throughout the game that go out, uh, he's the one making those photos. So uh, great stuff. He was actually on the ladder. Uh, But, yeah, Coach Stallings, um, you know, not moving around as good as he used to uh, even five years ago, but mentally was as strong as I've seen him. Um, you know, really uh, able yeah. to, you know, we were talking and he was asking questions, asked about my mom, asked about the kids and everything. And just uh, really uh, was right there. I mean, and everybody talked about that, how cognizant he was. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's 87 years old. Uh, I was telling somebody recently, I, I went online and I was like, oh, how old is Coach Stallings? It was during the show, I think it was yeah. last week, leading up to us getting back. And I, you know, I couldn't remember how old he was. He was 57 when we won the national championship. So he's 87 years old and uh right beside the picture when i googled it gene stallings 87 jay barker 50 dubo 60 something or whatever what and i was like <laughs> i need to go to google and get that erased very quickly <laughs> that, that, that yeah. uh, somehow but uh that was you know it was me looking up him and going holy cow we're all we're all kind of getting older and uh you know it's just part of it but it's so good uh tony you know how it is when you see people that you haven't seen in a while that you've been in the trenches with that you you know, lived with, um, I mean, even with you and Al uh, and our show opening drive for, gosh, what, 12 years or more. I mean, it, you know, you think about just all the good times and stories. And, you know, we, we were there together for four hours, five hours, sometimes six, seven hours at events and all that kind of stuff. And you never forget those people uh, that you spend that much time with. And, you know, you used to always joke saying, you know, you spent more time with Al and I than you had a chance to sometimes spend with your wife or kids. And that was the same way with me uh, right. at that time. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, you never forget those guys. Um, I was telling somebody going into it, I said, man, I just hope I don't forget anybody's name. And it's amazing how once you see them, everything rushes back into you and you realize and you remember the, the, knowing the names, but the, the, the things that happened and all the different memories you've got from that team. It was a very sp- a special team. And, you know, I, I think Chris Donnelly has brought this uh, up and I brought it up on Monday. Uh, Tony, hard to believe that 85% of that team was from the state of Alabama. Um, probably more than that, actually. But I, I know 85 to 90% of the defense and then 
close to that on offense. They're just what I mean. Derek Lassick really and Buskey were the only two guys, uh, one from Maryland and one from uh, uh, New York. Uh, they were really from out of the state. Curtis Brown out of the state on offense, but pretty much all the other guys were in-state guys. Besides, we had a couple Memphis guys that came in from Tennessee and stuff uh, that played on that side of the ball as well as on defense. But it was just overwhelming uh, guys that played high school football in the state of Alabama that had a chance to play together after playing against each other for so many years to win a national championship. And I think that's very special too, that you're not going to, you're not going to see that anymore. Not in Alabama, not at any power five school. No. And it was fantastic because, uh, you know, remember when we started our show doing the opening drive, you were the last one to win a national title mm-hmm. in 1992. And, and, and obviously Alabama's accrued uh, six more national championships since that. So, I mean, I, I don't ever, you know, I'm a history guy. I like to go back and remember the, the trailblazers, the ones that created, uh, not only the culture, but the characteristics of a particular program or business that, that helped build it into what it is today. And I think you were a huge part of that. And certainly that crew you had around you was fantastic. I did want to ask you, right now, Roger Hoover, to join us here from the Crimson Tide Sports Network and talk about uh, the big LSU game. Speaking of LSU, um, this kid uh, for, obviously, LSU, uh, Jaden, has just been fantastic. Jaden Daniels, uh, a guy that has been responsible for 21 touchdowns and only one pick. 21 touchdowns and only one pick. He's rushed for nine touchdowns. He's obviously their leading passer, but he's also their leading rusher on this football team. Talk about the impact that he's had for LSU. Listen, uh, you go back to all the Brian Kelly days, and, and you can go back to Booker. You go back to some of the quarterbacks he had at Ohio or, uh, Notre Dame and even back to the Cincinnati days. He never had that one guy who was as, as, as important, if you will, uh, implicitly important as he does in his first year at LSU. Just talk about what kind of pressure that takes off of, of Brian Kelly. He has been sacked 25 times, so you can get to him. His offensive line's not perfect, but this kid is so talented, and he's scary, man, if he's on the other side of the ball with your defense. Uh, no doubt about it, and he was just named the uh, with the Davey O'Brien quarterback of the week along with Oregon quarterback Bo Nix, yeah. uh, LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, mm-hmm. that is. Uh, 21 of 28, 248 yards, a pair of passing touchdowns, and their win over number seven Ole Miss. They won that game 45 to 20, so really impressive win. Uh, also, uh, the Arizona State transfer added three more scores on the ground with 23 carries for 121 yards. Uh, he now has 21 total touchdowns in the year, including 11 in the past two games, and leads the team in rushing with 524 yards. And over the last two weeks, has enjoyed one of the best stretches of his career, considering both his tenures in Tempe and also in Baton Rouge. Uh, the quarterback, uh, the offense has scored 90 points in his last two contests, scoring again 45 against Florida and against Ole Miss. So they're putting up the points, and he's putting up some big numbers as well. He's played great, and he's really bought into the system and to the offense of what Brian Kelly expects of him, Tony. Yeah, there's no doubt. And uh, I think that Brian Kelly, again, when you got a quarterback that you know is going to protect the football, he's only got the one pick in the season, and not only can he throw the football but run with his feet is a pretty amazing thing. As long as he stays healthy, you knock on wood for LSU and the Fighting Tiger fan base, uh, you're probably going to be in good shape. By the way, uh, Roger Hoover will join us coming up here in just about five or six minutes on the other side of this break. So I just think this game is going to be huge, and I think Hoover, when this game, obviously is going to have the inside track uh, to not only win the West, and I think maybe that's why you're seeing some of those um, college football previews and having Alabama 6th or 7th. I don't think a lot of people think that Alabama is going to be being able to win this football game. I think LSU looks that good right now, and you look at the two losses so far they've had. They both lost to Tennessee, but I think it's going to be just a, 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 a nagger slide. It's going to be great. It's going to be great to watch uh, coming up on November 5th. There's no doubt. And I think that bodes well for Alabama, for fans that they're saying, well, you know, LSU, uh, you know, Alabama, you know, at the beginning of the year should have gone out and beaten them, and, and they've just gotten better, and that's going to look good for the CFP. 
uh, knowing the competition, yep. knowing they put up 45 points, knowing they beat an Ole Miss team uh, that's been you know ranked inside the top 10. Uh, that 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 bodes well for Alabama as far as their CFP uh, projections coming up and, and also uh, down the road as they look to uh, make the Final Four once again in the playoffs if they can get past these next uh, four games and get into the SEC title game and have a chance to play for the playoffs. All right, coming up on the uh, other side, we got to Roger Hoover's going to join us from CTSN. Lars will be with us here shortly as well. He is traveling back from Tuscaloosa as uh, he had a, uh, a staff meeting there this morning, so uh, he'll be back in studio with us at AVX. Stay with us. We're live from AVX. And again, Roger Hoover up next. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds. 
built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Host for the Alabama Crimson Tide, CTSN Crimson Tide Sports Network, and always great to have Roger on on Wednesdays to give us an update about the Crimson Tide. Let's start with the women's soccer team. Congratulations on an SEC title, number one ranking. What a year they've had so far. Yeah, it's honestly been one of my favorite stories I've gotten to cover in my time at Alabama. Uh, to see this group that last year, you know, not much was expected from them. They go on to win uh, the program's first ever NCAA tournament game, played really well, and then all of those starters come back for this season, and they've had a truly historic year. I mean, we haven't seen the season this dominant in SEC soccer probably since Florida in the 90s, so it's been really a blast to cover them. Yeah, it's been, been great. And uh, I, I tell you, you know, you talk about the other sports, and you cover everything besides I mean, everybody thinks of you, Alabama football or basketball, but you cover them all. And uh, it, just a great story whenever you see a team like the soccer team and the effort and the, the work they put into it. I also love the fact – of all the athletes that are coming out from all sports to support them as well as the student body. I mean, I've uh, seen pictures from Sarah Ashley where they've been out there uh, for the games and stuff and just a, a great crowd and support that they've gotten from the university uh, student body as well as the uh, other athletes in, in, on, on campus right now. Yeah, it really is remarkable. It was fun. Uh, at the end of August, I guess it was rush week for all the uh, fraternities that have all their houses nearby the Alabama soccer stadium. And right before the Clemson game, there, I mean, pretty much every frat house emptied out and came on uh, to the soccer stadium cheering on the girls. Uh, and it was the loudest, like, most raucous atmosphere I'd ever seen for college soccer. So kind of ever since then, uh, you know, the frat guys have come back and the students all over have made sure that they get to be a part of Alabama soccer. And the team has a lot since then. So I feel like just the crowd support they've received this year, you know, a record crowd, people had to be turned away from the match the other night against Florida. It's really been remarkable. Roger Hoover joins us here in the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Let's talk about some football. Got to ask you about the game this past Saturday, and I kind of put this in a nutshell. Alabama had a six-play, two-yard, three-point uh, run uh, towards the end of the ball game, and I'm thinking to myself, man, that is in a nutshell. That's how ugly that football game looked to me. Six plays and two yards, they get three points out of it. 
I do want to ask you, though, a lot of people around me, there was obviously a lot of uh, Monday morning quarterback going on or in, in, in my section. A lot of people were just boohooing on Bill O'Brien and his play calling. What did you see on Saturday? Then I'll give you a follow-up question. Yeah, I thought Alabama looked great. Uh, you get out to a 24 nothing lead at halftime, uh, just kind of everything went to plan. Uh, the defense certainly played well, kind of took whatever Mississippi State was giving them. And then the offense, uh, you know, was definitely more pass-happy than run-happy, it seemed. But, again, that just goes to the game plan. Some games are going to be like that. Uh, every team wants to have balance. But you also have to take what the defense gives you, and that's what Alabama did. So uh, I thought they put the game away early and really made it a non-factor the rest of the night. So I thought it was a tremendous win for the Crimson Tide. You did think the offense looked good because because my question was I yeah. didn't think they looked good. And a lot of people a lot of people are saying that they wanted Bill O'Brien to be fired. I, I I I'm just telling you from a fan standpoint. Obviously you're, you're a pro at this. You do this and you, your eyes are on it a lot more than mine are. But I mean I, I don't understand that the the whole idea that Shamir Gibbs was getting the ball the last three games twenty times for about a buck fifty. He only rushed ten times. He did catch four passes for thirty three yards. He only had thirty seven yards in the night. You're talking about a Bryce Young. Obviously he's a little banged up. He had to put the ball up thirty seven times in the game. But they got out. They got outgained yards wise. They had under three hundred yards. Do you think it was good? Well, they outscored Mississippi State by twenty four points. So I think that's really the only stat that yeah. matters. And you know, the, ga- the, the game okay. dictates how some of that's going to go. And I thought, you know, offensively, Alabama really was able to do a lot in the first half to build up that lead, and then the second half did enough to obviously maintain it. Roger Hoover, our okay. guest, CTSN, joining us as he does each and every Wednesday. All right, bye weeks are. Number one good weeks for uh, Bryce Young right now to continue to get healthy as well as other players. Uh, but talk about what this week looks like for the players and the coaches. I know they'll have some time off at the end of the week. Yeah, time to kind of reflect on the season that's been there and really just get healthy. Uh, you know, Bryce Young especially, uh, the more that he can rest that throwing shoulder, uh, the better off he's going to be for the four games coming up in November. Obviously, a few defensive players were out in another week to try and rest them, get them back uh, for what's going to be coming up on November 5th against LSU. is all going to be really important. But uh, we've seen Alabama throughout the years and under Coach Saban be really sharp after the bye week. So I would expect nothing less than this season. And Go ahead, Tony. I'm sorry. I thought Tony was going. All right, uh, Roger, and again, uh, LSU coming up, uh, a tough opponent, and Lave looks so good. We talked about 45 points uh, against Ole Miss, 45 against Florida, 90 points, uh, just the way their quarterback has been playing. Uh, this is going to be a tough test for Alabama. Again, you get self-scouting. You get a chance, some extra time to prepare for this LSU team and, again, to get healthy. But talk about how they've improved and, and what Brian Kelly has done at LSU and this, you know, at, at LSU, at Ole Miss, two tough back-to-back road games. Yeah, we've kind of pointed this all year as being one of the toughest stretches for the Crimson Tide football team. And uh, LSU, I think it's taken a little bit of time to kind of have Coach Kelly uh, have his culture be bought in by the players. Uh, you know, they looked a little disorganized in their first game against Florida State to begin the season. But really, since then, they have had a good build uh, ever since then. So that's certainly been good to see for LSU. Jake Daniels, as you mentioned, is playing at a really high level. And uh, Alabama's got to be ready to go. Uh, this defense needs to play as locked in as they were against Mississippi State, and hopefully, you know, with some more healthy bodies back in there, especially along the defensive line, uh, you got to win this football game in the trenches. I think that's what's going to be really important coming up on November 5th against LSU. And then for the offense, you just hope uh, that the explosive plays that return for this group once again. Uh, we'll see who emerges at wide receiver. We'll see if Tyler Harrell gets to have a, a bigger opportunity to be more part of this offense after getting some of his first playing time. 
against Mississippi State this past week, and uh, I do expect the run game to be really solid as well for Alabama in this ballgame because this offensive line keeps getting better as the season goes on. Roger Hoover's the man here from the Crimson Tide Sports Network. He joins us here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. Uh, I want to go back, to, obviously, to that uh, Mississippi State game a little bit, just from the standpoint that, obviously, there was a lot of motions running through that game. I love the fact that the Alabama Crimson Tide took a knee there as the tunnel, as the players came out in remembrance of Sam Westmoreland, which was great. There was a flyover. It was just, I mean, it, it, the crowd was ready to get incited, and I really never felt like they never got to the point where they had a reason to be incited. The one thing that they really did give a little gas to the Alabama Crimson Tide was the fact that Mississippi State looked like they went for it almost every single time on fourth down. Could you describe to me what it felt like to, to actually call that game? 11 minutes and 38 seconds left in the second quarter. The Crimson Tide's up 14 nothing. certainly not safe. And they've got their bone on their own. They've got the ball on their own 29. Uh, it's a third and short. I think it was about a foot. Um, and Will Rogers throws an errant pass. And then they go for it again on fourth and short. And I think everyone in the stadium thought they were going to rush the football and another errant throw. Your thoughts on that particular point? Because I think that really just, I mean, that's where the game turned. It was surprising to see the offense stay on the field and for uh, Mississippi State to have a tough time short yardage. And, you know, throughout the years they've done that against Alabama. But especially where the football was, yeah, I think we were all stunned. Kind of seeing that is one of those deals where, you know, you get a little bit nervous, feel like, all right, this is time to lock in. The defense makes the play, and you just, you say, you know, great, Ralph. And you also say uh, a bit of thank you to the mad scientist. Uh, you know, he obviously didn't have uh, much trust in his punting unit or defense. He wanted to keep his offense on the field, and uh, that was certainly the choice he made. But give the Crimson Tide credit as well for making the play and making that look like a tough decision. Roger, let's talk real quick uh, before we let you go just about Alabama basketball. Uh, they had the SEC Media Days recently uh, for women and men, and you look at just uh, going into the season, a, a lot of uh, hype surrounding, I think, both of those programs, but uh, especially on the men's basketball side, I've heard a lot of great things from just how they've played throughout the summer coming into their training camp as well as getting ready, but hard to believe we're this far into the football season to get ready for basketball coming up. But just give us a little preview of what you think about this team coming up. Well, it's exciting on both fronts uh, for these teams to try and build on what they've been able to do in the past and for men's basketball to try and get a deeper run in the NCAA tournament after the first round exit against Notre Dame last year. But there's been a lot of excitement uh, for the, what we're seeing from that roster, uh, starting with Brandon Miller. Uh, you know, he's already a preseason uh, second team All-SEC selection before he's even played a game for Alabama. Uh, John Quinterly keeps getting honors rolling in, and uh, we're certainly hopeful that he'll be able to return to this roster uh, pretty quickly in December. Who knows? Maybe around the Gonzaga game. Coming up in Birmingham, that would be huge for him to be back for the Crimson Tide. But uh, Nadeau's really likes the culture and the character of this team. They got to go on a foreign tour where they got to play in France and Spain, and they really got to bond over that time. They got extra practices in the summer because of that tour. So they seem to be in a really good spot. And then Christy Curry with the women's team. Uh, it's interesting, uh, the media preseason poll had Alabama preseason number 10 in the SEC. But today we get the coaches poll, Alabama's preseason number 4. So uh, there's obviously a disconnect on uh, what this women's basketball team can do. I decided with the coaches, I think this is a very talented group that returns 95% of its scoring from a season ago, and then you add in six talented newcomers uh, led by Sarah Ashley Barker, who we can't wait to see in Crimson on the court for the first time at Colon Coliseum on November 7th. So it's an exciting group. But it's just great that the season's almost here. Going to be fun. Hard to believe it's already uh, already here. Roger, as always, thanks for your time here on this Wednesday. Again, Roger Hoover from CTSN. And, again, play-by-play -play, uh, broadcaster and host for the Alabama Crimson Tide, Roger Hoover. Thank you, my man. Thanks, Rod. Thank Appreciate you, you, man. Talk to you next week.
All right, sounds good. Roger Hoover. Dude, I, 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 hey, listen, Jaybird. Jaybird, I know Roger uh-huh. gives us his time, and I love Roger Hoover, and I know he works for the Crimson Tide Radio Network, but I, I'm, I'm over here scratching my head wondering how he felt like that offense looked good on Saturday. You, you, you got to help me out here because that was, that's not what Alabama Crimson Tide fans want to see or deserve to see from their football team. That uh, They won by 24. I give him that. They did get the cover. He obviously had the minus 21 and a half, and that's fine. But that was not a pretty game for the Crimson Tide's offense. All right, we'll dive into more of that coming up on the other side. I thought he had a great answer, though. 24 more points. <laughs> you were like, okay, yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, take a quick break. We'll come back. Again, Lars going to be joining us here shortly at ABS, coming back from T-Town. Stay with us. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Don't miss a play at the Sportsbook at Pearl River Resort. Your front row seat to all the action. Place bets on all professional and most college sports. Seven. Tomorrow and Friday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow 75, the high Friday at 78 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Jay Barker Show with Tony Curry, Tony Curry Radio Network, and Lars Anderson now joining us in studio after a faculty meeting down in T-Town today. How'd it go? Uh, <laughs> Boris, please. <laughs> I uh, I sat in the back of the room and I didn't Attaboy. say a single word. There you go. Uh, because, hey, I don't have a Ph.D., and uh, I'm one of the few people on faculty that doesn't have a Ph.D. I just have a lowly master's degree, and uh, I let the Ph.D.s. I let the you have big, a Ph.D. in sports uh, sports radio. <laughs> I, let, I let the big dogs uh, make the decisions. We do have a new dean, and uh, he came and talked to us, and wow, what a really impressive man he is. And uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> my contract you may is have a, that P- my, You may have that PhD before my, too long. My contract is up for <laughs> renewal. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it was good. And uh, boy, it, hey, if you're heading from Birmingham to Tuscaloosa, use the uh, Waze app because massive traffic. Uh, it goes down to one lane just after the Mercedes plant, and uh, I was able to get around it, And uh, but I know it backed people up for about a good 45 minutes. So it, it, it essentially made the drive at, at twice as long as it should be. So if you are heading from Birmingham to Tuscaloosa, just uh, get off on exit 89 yeah. and figure your way uh, around the... the... <laughs> and now we have traffic on the Jay Barker Radio yeah. Network along yeah. with Jay Barker. Free traffic So you walked, you walked in the studio. What did you say to me while, while Roger was on? 
Tell, tell, the, tell the truth. No, I can't tell, tell the tell truth. Tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The helicopter. No, and listen, I love Roger. I love and, Roger, and I, too. And I, and I know how important it is because I know he's going back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back interviews, and I appreciate his time. That 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 was not a good game that I saw on Saturday. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't play. The, I I watched enough of it to realize that 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 uh, something was not right. Something wasn't showing. There was no rhythm to anything. Guys were sliding to catch passes. Jameer Gibbs gets the ball ten times when he's averaging twenty touches on one hundred and fifty yards his last three games. He didn't come in, I think, into the fifth or sixth offensive play, which is like, did he did he lose his helmet or something? Are we doing a, a, a you know a Thurman Thomas situation? What was the situation? And, and listen, I, I realize Mississippi State uh, flipped the field for Alabama several times by going on on fourth downs, but that was not. And I want to give Mississippi State's defense some credit. I think they're playing a lot better than the Mississippi State's we've seen in the past, but that was not a crisp so, offensive show. Tony, what? So you were there. Uh, two questions for you. One, uh, I, I heard you talk about how uh, some of the fans sitting around you Dude, wanted Bill O'Brien can. That's all they taught. Nothing against the players and nothing against the coaches, but everyone. I mean, I'm talking five or six different Alabama diehard fans of scholarship seats saying, dude, what is Bill O'Brien doing? Is he getting? Is he, is he looking at a new job? Is he already checked out? Why yeah. is he doing these play and calls? You, you weren't in the cheap seats either. No, uh, and I, <laughs> I wasn't part of that conversation either because I, 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 I'm an eye test guy, and I've watched enough football games to know that you're not going to be on every single week. But this was an opportunity, certainly with short fields, that Alabama could have made was, a lot more hay than, than, than 30 points. What was the biggest issue then on offense? Um the fact that Jameer was not getting the football as much as we thought, and if Bryce Young's arm is still banged up, why is he putting it up nearly 40 times in that game when he didn't have to? Uh, and, and listen, he was in all the way till midway through the fourth quarter. So, I mean, I just I, – I just, something was not gelling. It was Something was weird in the air. I don't know what it was, but nothing looked crisp. I didn't see him hit a receiver all night in stride. Uh, when he was hitting stuff over the middle, guys were sliding. And again, I, Jay, you can expound on this more. Maybe it was because of the defensive schemes that were being thrown at Alabama at that particular time. I know they won by 24 at any given time. 20, and I'm not one of those Alabama fans going, they suck. No, they, they won by 24, and that's great. But they should have put another 10 or 14 points up on the board based on what we know they have offensively. Yeah, I think it's an inconsistency just based on the fact that, as I said earlier, Bryce out those two weeks and just the preparation side of it and all that and the chemistry that they were building up uh, offensively. Um, and, and, and look, I think, you know, coming off the, 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 the psychological uh, Tennessee game and, you know, even the things that happened at the Tennessee game that were talked about during the game as we brought up on Monday uh, with Jermaine Burton, I mean, it was just a lot of things that I think that this team has kind of dealt with. And, and I, I think, you know, to have a win like that against Mississippi State, I'm not sure – why Jameer, unless it was something they saw uh, defensively that Mississippi State was doing early in games or what they thought they might get based on formations and their script, that they didn't play him in those first, whatever, five or six plays. And I agree. I, mean, I would think you'd have more touches in any of these games because of how well he's played and uh, the numbers that he's been putting up and just how athletic he is and the matchup issues that he gives for defenses. But I will say this, Lars, I, I think a lot of the complaints and a lot of the things that you hear from fans and even the ones in the in the uh, uh, I guess um, uh, more I guess what do you say and not you said not the average fan or whatever even though you may have heard more more noise from them there's nothing to complain about besides the coordinators right I mean they've won games they've won championships last year they played for a championship 
Uh, now, you know, what What does Alabama fans have to complain about? And it's the coordinators. They're going to coordinate, whether it's be defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator. Uh, it, may, it may be players, things like that. I mean, they, they haven't had a lot to complain about. And look, it's great for talk radio. It's great for post-game, pre-game shows. When people are upset about how Alabama's played, um, you know, look, it, it gives a lot of, of fodder to talk about and things to really discuss and think about. But there just hasn't been that much. And, and still, some great players on the field, again, they're learning that chemistry. And I know that I, th- I think it got really disrupted when, when he went down and was not able to really play, uh, you know, and, and be able to play that for that one game. And, you know, and out, uh, you know, came back for Tennessee and just kind of get back in rhythm. That's the key. And, uh, and I think that's something they're going to do over these next two weeks. They better do it because, as Tony and I have talked about, Lars, this LSU team is getting better and better week in and week out. Yeah, uh, at the beginning of the year, you didn't necessarily think that this LSU matchup was going to be one that Alabama should be really worried about. Mm -hmm. But now, Tony, the way that LSU played last week against Ole Miss, uh, the way their quarterback is playing, I know you guys talked about it, SEC player of the week, uh, his touchdown to interception ratio is off the charts, uh, a dynamic dual threat quarterback. You know, and, and, and Tony, you made a really good point, I thought, because you know Brian Kelly. He's from your part of the country. Mm-hmm. I've known Brian Kelly since he was back at Grand Valley State. And um, this very well might be the best quarterback he's ever had. I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, 21 touchdowns, only one pick, and, of course, none of those touchdowns on the ground. The guy is everything for the LSU Fighting Tigers. And let's remember, too, they have a bye week as well. So they've got... You know, a good 14 days to prepare for this. So we'll talk about it coming up on the other side right here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. I also have a smelly fish. Have you looked at the lines for this weekend? Not yet. The smelly fish game of the year. I'm going to give you this line, and you're going to go, what are you talking about? We'll talk about it coming up on the other side. Plus, we reached out to Mike Leach. Hopefully, he'll join us back in just a few minutes here. If he doesn't, we'll get him on Friday right here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. Yeah, and again, transfer portal, big for quarterbacks, for Tennessee and for LSU. We'll talk about more of that, too, coming up in hour number two. Stay with us. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa and they came over. And man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. 
I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. And look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. It's delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. 
You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Hi, welcome back in. Hour number two here on the Jay Barker Show, live from ABX Audio Video Excellence, presented by Top Golf in Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. Friends, family, coworkers, the food, the fun, and uh, the drinks, as well as the atmosphere at Top Golf. Great place to tailgate. Before, after those UAB games or any event happening at Protective Stadium, also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Talking about uh, as far as the uh, the protective stadium and everything that goes on down in Uptown, uh, Tony, we haven't had you on since uh, the announcement, I think, of the amphitheater that's going to be happening, uh, looks like over in uh, the Caraway uh, area where the Caraway Hospital was, uh, a venue that is going to, I think, cost around 50 or $60 million, going to hold about eight to 10,000 people, according to uh, kind of how you do the capacity. But uh, how big is this for the city of Birmingham if they're able to get this passed through and get the funding and uh, it's going to be great for not only the county the state the city of birmingham and uh just kind of your thoughts being a music guy no i think it's going to be fantastic I, I don't know what kind of acts uh that that amphitheater would get i want to say that oak mountain holds roughly 60 6500 i know tuscaloosa is a little bigger and it's a little further away uh mayor woodfin uh was talking about it yesterday saying i need some more paperwork it looks like the city of birmingham will put up five million dollars but i think the the real linchpin here the, the the piece that they need is live nation and i've talked to jay wilson about that of course he's one of the head dogs over there and they're going to be financially vested in this particular venture as well and it'll probably be partially owned by live nature which means obviously you're going to be bringing in a lot of live nation acts uh which they pretty much own everything uh, so, yeah, I think it'll be fantastic. It's just another piece of making that uh, area of, the, of, of our city uh, just an entertainment mecca. And i I got to tell you something now. Ten years ago, I would have never thought this would have happened. I, I, really, I, I never thought we'd see a, a stadium dedicated to the UAB Blazers, despite the fact that it is owned by the city of Birmingham, but it is home of the UAB Blazers. What they've done with Uptown is fantastic. Uh, what they did with Legacy Arena, I was down there for the New Orleans um, Pelicans and Hawks uh, NBA game a couple of Fridays uh, ago. Uh, just a fantastic job. It looks beautiful from the outside and the inside. They've done a wonderful job, and I think it would be great to have anytime we got more uh, venues um, to watch live uh, entertainment, I think it would be fantastic, and it's going to be Jimmy right in there. So uh, they've done a wonderful job. And, you know, and Jay, you know this as well, you know, even the wine lofts, the different areas, 
you used to not want to go anywhere near Birmingham 10 years ago after dark. And now you feel pretty safe about parking your car and just walking wherever you want. And they've done a wonderful job with that. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Should be should be a lot of fun. We got this uh, game coming up, uh, this LSU game. We've been talking about that a lot. And, of course, I want to thank Roger Hoover from the Crimson Tide Sports Network joining us in just a few minutes. Um, smelly Fish Game of the Year. I was going through some of the numbers. You mentioned uh, UABJ. They're five and a half over FAU. They're on the road. We got Ohio State, Penn State. We got Oak State, K State, which is a very interesting line. Old Miss playing at Texas A&M. You want to take a stab at that line? Hmm. Uh, Old Miss coming playing. off the big loss. I'm going to say. I'm going to say Old Miss by. Ole Miss by two. Uh, let's go by two. Yeah, Old Miss favored by two at A and M, uh, and that is you one looked of it those. Up. Li- and, and you know, no, I, I swear to God, I didn't. I yeah, did not. That's I did one not. of those games where you're I'm looking at, it, you're like, how in the world is it even possible? We just found out earlier today that, of course, Ryan McGee for ESPN, which is one of their senior writers, has put A and M in his worst ten college football programs in the country. It takes a lot to be that bad. He put A and M in there. Uh, which is not a good look. And they also, Denver Harris, Chris Marshall, and P.J. Williams, they uh, violated some type of curfew, some type of team rule. They've all been suspended for the rest of the year. Uh, That is the third, fourth, and fifth players out of that vaunted 2022 recruiting class, which was number one, who are now been suspended for the NM program uh, in this football season. This program, uh, they've already lost a quarterback. They lost their wide receiver. I know they're banged up, uh, and, and I, li- I like to, to, to certainly look at all facets of a particular program and why they're performing at the level they are. But when you're, t- And I realize that 2022 is the most recent recruiting class, so we're not going to see those kids a lot on the football field yet. This program's in shambles. Uh, the fact they're only catching two at home tells me to go with A&M, despite the fact that I'll probably just leave it alone this weekend. But they're in some serious trouble uh, down there at A&M. And right now, the only game I see on their schedule that they can win is UMass. They've got Auburn on that schedule. Uh, they got Mississippi State on that schedule. Um, it's going to be tough. I, I, I can see a team that perhaps will not be bowl eligible by the end of the year. Yeah, and it's hard to really get to the core of why these guys were suspended. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's there's more to the story I agree here. With you. Um, and uh, that one rumor and it's just a rumor that uh i'm hearing is that uh these kids were trying to um basically recruit other guys in their recruiting class mm-hmm. to transfer oh, wow and uh and and I, I again i don't know if that's true or not but jimbo in his press conference uh i think yesterday or 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 this morning I, one, I've never heard him so difficult to understand. Yeah. And uh, he, he was just all over the place. And at one point, he made the, uh, the, the suggestion that, hey, we're a bad team. You can come play for us right now. I mean, really, is that your recruiting pitch? You're a bad team? And if hey, and all these guys they 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 want to go to good teams, but you know what? You can't play right away at good teams. So he's he he is essentially admitting 
that uh, and I I, I I don't know if, if Josh or anyone at, at Tide can pull up the audio from Jimbo's press conference uh, in, in that one particular clip where he is talking about um, players wanting to transfer and, and coming up uh, the number one recruiting class in college football. I know. And, and he also has talked about how he needs to, you almost have to re recruit your players every single season because they are so willing to bolt due to the ease with which you can get to another school. Um, but again, if, if your argument to stay at Texas A&M is that we suck and you can play, not a good argument. And listen, when Kevin Sumlin was there, uh, he had the Johnny Manziel year where they won 11 games. He won eight or nine games every other year was there despite his last year and seven wins when he went and left and went to Arizona. That got him fired. He knew he was going to get fired. Uh, Jimbo signed the $100 million deal. He's due $89,750,000 if they fire him without cause, which is basically a lousy record that's, that's considered without cause. Um, and so I don't think they're going to fire him at this point. But when you're at a program like A&M where you bring a guy in to win a national title, who's also he's already won a national title, yeah. eight or nine wins is, is not going to get it done. So he said, this was the quote, why go to a school that's winning all the time? Why go to a school that's winning all the time? And it's almost like Jimbo is begging to be fired. And this is his fifth season. This is not his first season, not his second season, not even his third season. He's been there long enough to bring his own guys. He's got the number one recruiting class, and he's sitting there, you know. um, Again, I mean, I know the the audio is out there. This is from uh, the press conference this morning. And uh, <laughs> Jay, Jay, you know, you know, Jimbo, and, and I'm not saying that you've spoken to him uh, secretively or anything, but I mean, I, and I hate when people say a coach has lost his team. I, I don't like when I hear that. But if you're going to pinpoint a guy right now that appears to be losing his football team, it'd be Jimbo Fisher, right? Yeah, and uh, and Hardy's actually got that audio. Let's play that real quick, uh, Hardy of uh, Jimbo Fisher uh, talking about this very topic, and then we'll we'll dive more, back more into it. Here, here's what he had to say about the future of the program. Look at what we're doing and the guys that happen. And you know, also, you know, you look at that in the back, they see opportunities. Everybody says, well, I go somewhere winning all the time. I may not play for a while. You know what I'm saying? But no, we've got good young players. Look at the young players team. Look at the young talent we have. Look at the guys making a lot of the plays. And they see it. We've got, we got a good nucleus of what we're doing and that we're only a playoff on, on those games. And you sell that and you see it and be truthful about it. There's no – and recruiting, the key to recruiting, there's no pitch. When you're a good recruiter, you tell the truth. Recruiting is about one thing, truth and relationships. You can draw it up a hundred ways, but it's silly. All, there is no pitch. There is no magical formula. There is no pixie dust. You build a relationship through truth and trust and be honest with them about where you see them and what they do. And, and you don't base everything off one year either. You don't basically base things off history, what people have done, where they've been, what's happened, schools have happened, players, and see, and see the future of what a program is. But it's based off truth and trust. Not a, it's what you tell them. And how much you pay them. Mm. Uh, Agriculture and Mechanical College of Texas is what they're being called now. Uh, Three and four um, for Texas A&M. But, um, look, you know, Jimbo, and and not even from Texas A&M standpoint, I won't name any names of players or colleges, but in the SEC as well as I know one in the Pac-12 that were promised millions of dollars uh, in the collective uh, era that we're in now and have not received dime from those guys. So, it's, it's a different day and era for them, and I, I don't understand, Lars, as you brought up, and Tony, you can even expound on this, but 
I, I don't understand why Jimbo would say, hey, you know, if you want to go to a winning team or whatever, go. You're not going to play. Um, I, I don't think that's the recruiting message, and I don't think he meant it that way. I've known Jimbo for a long time. I think he's just saying, look, you know, you can come here and have an opportunity to play uh, right away. I, I still think you just sell your program on the fact that, hey, we're Texas A&M. We got a, they, they've got a ton of financial backing facilities, all the things that you need as a coach and player to be successful. And, um, I, I, you know, look, being truthful with, with, with the players and, and saying, uh, in a sense, you know, hey, we're losing and you have a chance to play. I don't think that that bodes well with uh, recruits out there that really think that that's going to be uh, the winning message that they want to hear when it comes to being recruited for a particular team. But the thing about, you know, say a Crimson Tide or a Georgia or Ohio State, when you lose players, and I realize they've been, they've been decimated by injury, when you lose players, you have five-star guys to fill in who practice hard, who can pick right up. I'm not saying plug and play by any stretch. We've seen that with Milrow and obviously with Bryce Young. He's not the same cat, but he can play well enough to win a football game for Alabama. You can't lose four games in your first seven games when you're at A&M in your fifth season. You cannot do it. I'm not saying he should be fired. I'm not saying he will be fired, but you can't lose four games. You can't, Would he you can't be fired it. if he didn't have that contract? Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think there's any doubt in, in my mind, and even A&M fans are saying, listen, I wish we didn't have that $89 million buyout hanging over our heads through 2031. Uh, 25% of that contract would be paid immediately. The other 75% paid within 60 days. That's a big nut, and I realize they got plenty of money down there. Maybe $100 million ain't $100 million anymore. I don't know. Uh, 10 or $15 million in buyouts used to be a, a huge nut. Uh, $89 million is a totally different stratosphere, a different, a different planet. Um, but something's going on down there. And, and, and the fact that uh, they had to suspend three of their top recruits in their 2022 recruiting class for whatever reason is not a good look for A&M. Right now it appears the inmates are running the asylum, and that's not a good look for Jimbo Fisher, particularly going into a big ball game this weekend. If he gets the six wins, I think a lot of people are going to be happy with that, and that's pretty sad at a program that has had Dennis Francione as a head coach, Paul Bear Bryant as a head coach, Gene Stallings as a head coach, and now Jimbo Fisher who's not carrying his weight. Great points. Agreed, agreed, agreed. agreed. Yeah, great points. I will continue on the other side. Stay with us, and uh, we may have Mike Leach coming up this hour as well. We're waiting to hear back from him. It's either going to be today or sometime uh, this week, and uh, look forward to hearing his thoughts about that game this past weekend as well and as they look ahead. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Main wreckage on the south side of the tracks. Report of male driver late 20s, severe injuries. Copy that. Can you see the vehicle? No, it's way up there. Seven. Tomorrow and Friday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 75, the high Friday at 78 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tony about the fact that the November 1st, I think that's right, the uh, the date that the CFP 
the first release of the CFP Final Four will be out and uh, kind of take a look. But uh, CBS put out a projection for the college football playoff. And uh, again, Jerry Palm did this. Who we've had on uh, for many, many years and has been around doing this not only for football, but also with basketball, making his predictions. And uh, these are the projections he's put out. Georgia at number one, Ohio State at number two, Tennessee at number three, Clemson Tigers at four, Michigan right now at five, TCU Horn Frogs at six, Alabama Crimson Tide at seven, Oklahoma State at eight, Oregon Ducks at nine, and Penn State, the Nittany Lions at number 10. So two questions. One is, I asked Tony this earlier, is Alabama too far down after losing only by three points to the number three team in the country, the Tennessee Volunteers, with 17 penalties, all the, the mistakes that they made and really kind of hurt themselves in that game. Even though Tennessee won the game and they ended up, you know, playing a, a better game than Alabama did that game, but still wasn't a, a big, big loss for the Crimson Tide uh, is, as far as points. The other question is Oregon Ducks. How good does Bo Nix got to feel about his move to Oregon that they're uh, sitting right now inside the top 10 and a lot of projections and still having a shot for the CFP? And again, those uh, top seven uh, for you, Lars, Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Clemson, uh, Michigan, TCU, the Horned Frogs, and then Alabama, number seven. Where do you think? Uh, First thought is uh, I believe Ohio State is by far and away the best team in the country. Mm -hmm. And uh, you look at, look, I think they put two wide receivers in the NFL that are drafted in the first round. And now they come back with just uh, absolutely reloaded. Uh, C.J. Stroud looks terrific. Uh, They have the kind of depth that Alabama used to have. Um, And uh, Ohio State, I swear, Ryan Day, I I have more respect for him by the day. Um, He has built his program in the image of Alabama. And, um, and, uh, I, 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 look, their schedule is, is, is very manageable. Uh, they have, they're at Penn state this weekend. Uh, it's always a difficult place to play in happy Valley, but then I believe, uh, they have, uh, uh, Indiana, Maryland, Northwestern. yeah, Northwestern, which hasn't won a game since, uh, beating Nebraska over in Ireland to win, or in the season opener, and then it's Michigan. And it's all going to come down to Michigan. And we had Matt Finkus, former Ohio State player, uh, All-American defensive end, who swears he sacked Jay Barker. Uh, I don't know if he ever did or not. I don't know. Did we ever get to the bottom of that, by the way? Did Finkus actually sack you? I, I, I'm sure he did at some point. Yeah, I'll give it to him. Why not? We still, we still beat him. <laughs> uh, but but no, but but anyway, what 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 Matt was what, was saying is that um, apparently Michigan was just talking so much smack after the game last year uh, when Michigan uh, beat Ohio State, and including Harbaugh. You know, it was a big victory for Harbaugh, first time that he had beaten Ohio State. And, uh, and, and Jay, I, I want to get your reaction to this because what, what, what Matt was saying is that, you know, in the NFL, and Matt played for several years in the NFL, uh, and he's like, in the NFL, you know, bulletin board material, it means nothing because all, we're all pros. We're all just trying to, you know, feed our families, make money, all that. But in college, especially in a rivalry game, Jay, bulletin board material means something. And, uh, and and look, these Ohio State players have been talking about, 
what was said about them by Michigan uh, ever since last year. And so, look, I think Ohio State's going to win out, and they'll be the number one seed. But, but Jay, is, is, is what Matt was saying yesterday true, that in, in college football, uh, guys remember, and it serves as a sort of a motivational tool when they hear uh, an, an opposing team, especially a, a rivalry team, say something uh, extremely negative about them, does that does that really make a difference or not? Uh, I mean, it may, it may make you prepare a certain way or whatever else, but once you're in the field, I mean, you, you take the first hits and it's back to the process and, and doing the things that you, you're trained to do and just letting all the outside noise kind of fade away and just execute and do your job. I, I just saw Heather Denich. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen her projections right now. I think this is end-of-the-year projections. It can't be right now, but she has Ohio State at the number one seed, Alabama number two seed, Georgia three seed, and Clemson as the four seed is how she thinks it'll play out. That means that Georgia beats Tennessee and then Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game. Uh, I didn't get a chance to hear it. I had it on mute, but I'm sure that's what her projection is. And Ohio State, as you just talked about, a pretty, uh, not, not say easy, but because uh, they've got Michigan coming up, who's a really good team this year. Penn State, I think, might, might surprise them. It's going to be at Penn State's 11 a.m. kickoff, uh, so that, that could be tough as well. So I think Ohio Big State's still got a little bit. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's the big it's the big noon Fox game this weekend. Yeah, and Ohio State's favored by fifteen and a half, which yeah. is the smallest spread yeah. all year long. Yeah. yeah, and and also the the Michigan Ohio State game is going to be played in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And, and and so Tony, I mean, what what are you, your thoughts on where the teams actually stack up right now? Do you think Georgia could beat Ohio State? Yeah, and again, you think I Stetson mean, Bennett is going to outplay? C- it's, I, I keep going back to Stetson Bennett, but you think he's going to play outplay C.J. Stroud? We'll talk about another guy uh, in Stetson Bennett who, uh, you know, early in the season was up for a Heisman Trophy. He was right there, and he's kind of fallen off. He's not the same cat that we thought we saw in the first three games of the season as well. I don't know. There's a lot of football. Hell, just two weeks ago, you and I had USC in our Final Four, and, and obviously they lose a ball game. They're sitting at number ten. I think Georgia is, is is a foregone conclusion that they're they're, they're going to be in. I think Clemson just based on what the, if Georgia loses to Tennessee. Um, I I still think that you may have end up having um, two SEC teams, and I I don't I don't I don't know. I I, <laughs> I try not to get too far ahead from week to week. It's almost the the college football is turning kind of starting to turn into the National Football League, yeah. where you're seeing the Green Bay Packers I, I, get beat no. by one in five teams. Um, I agree with you. I think there will be two SEC teams, but and, and there's so many different ways it all could play out. But if Tennessee beats Georgia and then Alabama narrowly beats Tennessee in the SEC championship game, Georgia's out, and I think Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee are in. Yeah. Something tells me Georgia's going to get Tennessee. Uh, great defenses. We always talk about defenses win championships, not so much the last five or six years, but um, I don't think Tennessee's seen a defense. And, I, and I'm comparing that. I'll be, well, what about Alabama? Well, <laughs> Alabama's defense, to me, does not compare to what Georgia's got right now, despite the fact they lost 15 guys during the offseason. TCU, obviously. Another question. Yeah. It looked like the best defensive player on the field for Alabama on Saturday night was Eli Ricks. Cornerback mm-hmm. didn't play at all against Tennessee. What? Where has he been? Yeah. Uh, it's a great question. I mean, it, it really is. <laughs> he did, and, 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 a lot of it was just his ability to understand the defensive uh, scheme, the kind of what they wanted uh, out of him at times. He, he was making some mental mistakes at practice uh, and, and, you know, things that the coaches picked up on. They felt like that he wasn't ready, quite ready to play 
uh, at that time. And I, I thought he played an excellent game. I mean, he, he looks like a lockdown NFL-style cornerback. His length, his athleticism, the way that he moves. But, you know, if you get out of position or if you're not uh, running the scheme correctly and, and those type of things, you're not going to get on the field. And, and that's just part of what Coach Saban is. You know, he's big on that because he knows he can put you in some really tough situations. But um, I'm glad to see him out there. An outstanding player. And, and hopefully, you know, midway through the season now, he's got things down, ready to go. And he's just, you know, look, it's a, it's a pretty complicated system uh, that they run. It's an NFL-style system. But it, it wasn't anything athletically. It wasn't anything his ability. It was just the, getting the mental side of it and, and how to play the defense schematically-wise. Uh, but, um, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, one thing you were talking about Ryan day and just, you know, all the things, and look, I think sometimes a lot of the coaches around the country, uh, and I'm not saying you Lars, but from the national media, they get a lot of attention. And, you know, we heard about urban Meyer urban is going to be, you know, the next Nick Saban urban is going to take over Nick Saban. And, you know, we hear it from Ryan day and, you know, with the big 10 kind of media guys that get out there and talk about that stuff. I mean, Alabama beat them 52 to 24, two years ago in the national championship game. Nick Saban has never been beat like that in a national title game. Um, you know, I, I, talking about the depth of a team. Didn't Dabo, Alabama, what was the score? What was the score at Clemson, Alabama? It wasn't 52 to 24. Was it 38 21? Something like that? All right, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah hold on. I should know this. Yeah. But it's, I guess the point I'm making is that he's done it consistently over the last 15 years and at least over the last decade. Uh, to win six national titles, and they do have the depth at Alabama to get it done. They do have the guys, uh, whether it be the five-star guys or four-star guys, that can come in and step in and play. Uh, I, I just think once uh, when, you, when you've had a lot 16. of success as a player, as a coach, or even as in, in any aspect of life, people begin to um, look at the the next guy. You know, who's the next one that's coming? Uh, type stuff. But Coach Saban has been able to keep it and sustain it uh, for so long. I mean, it says a lot about him, the program, the players he's brought in. And also with so many different assistant coaches, most of these coaches staffs have stayed together for a decade. Uh, his are together maybe, what, two or three years. And a lot of that's because of the success and the way that he runs uh, his program. But these guys get to step into different uh, different places, whether it be a head coach or coordinator or back into the NFL and those type of things. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I think the national media, I think sometimes we – I don't say sell short what uh, what's happening or what's happened in Alabama. I think we're so close to the sun that sometimes we forget uh, about what what has gone on. And hey, Alabama's lost one game this year, about three points, and they're still yeah, again the chemistry and all the things that got to happen on both sides of the football. Uh, I think they're going to get better this week in the off week. I think they'll be better against uh, this LSU team. It's going to be a great test and a great atmosphere for them to go in and prove that. No, you're right, Jay. You're right. I mean, hey, we are nitpicking, nitpicking, nitpicking. Well, that's um, what you do when you're excellent. When, when, you're, when, when <laughs> seriously, when you're near perfect, you expect to see that. You know, you, Lombardi said it. You strive for perfection. Basically, so be every other pro, certainly every other program. And we in realize the country, that we're not playing Mississippi State every weekend too. I mean, you know, if you're being, if you're playing Georgia this past week, they lose. You're playing Ohio State. You're getting blown out. I mean, you know, you're playing your competition. But I think it's, you know, I understand where you're coming from a national picture because it's a long season. We have to have things to talk about. I get that. But, I mean, I'm talking from a sheer eye. And I'm not a, I'm not a, a DEFCON 5 guy. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm that guy going, listen, I hit a minus 21. I'm happy. But I'm telling you, something just does not. And it, it's more I, of a leadership. There's not there's not that kill aspect to this Alabama Crimson well, Tide team right now. Yeah, Jay, on the other side, I, I would like to get your thought on there just seems to be something a little off about this Alabama team, and let's try to dig into that on the also, other side. Also, I want to ask you guys, coming up before top of the hour at 2 o'clock, is Tom Brady done? 
Yes. Have, have we finally, have, can we look at Tom Brady right now and say, I remember that game, and that was the beginning of the end for Tom Brady? We'll talk about it coming up next from the Jay Barker Radio. He moment. is not done. Y'all stop. He just said he's not going to retire anytime soon. All right, we'll talk about all that coming up. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country. And Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel's Cottage. 
Com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C letter O. Rumors spreading round in that Texas town. At the shack outside again. You know what I'm talking about. Just let me know if you wanna go to that whole mile. They got a lot of nice girls. All right, welcome back in. And some breaking news this morning. Uh, Alabama defense lineman Justin Aboigbe uh, likely out for the season after neck surgery. Crypto Tide coach Nick Saban said Wednesday that Aboigbe uh, has had surgery. He played in the first four games but hasn't seen action since. He had a procedure, he said. Uh, quote, had a procedure done that would enhance his opportunity to play, be able to play uh, in the future, but I don't think that's going to come. This season, uh, this season, Coach Saban had to say, uh, Boigby uh, made 11 tackles, had two quarterback hurries in the first four games. Saban had announced his injury after Alabama beat Arkansas on October 1st without giving a timetable for uh, Boigby's uh, return. Now, he has played 42 games of the past three seasons, plus recording 59 tackles. Uh, so uh, off this week, but uh, some bad news there for uh, Justin Boigby. But good news is that uh, because of the surgery, likely, uh, to continue his playing career and um, an outstanding player there at the defensive line position for the Crimson Tide. All right, uh, Lars, you had a question or some thoughts uh, that you talked about going into break. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, Jay, your uh, sort of assessment of is there something off about this Alabama team? Because we spent a lot of oxygen in the offseason uh, talking about how Nick Saban – appeared to really really like this team and uh in 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 every sort of opportunity that he had he was uh very emphatic about uh the potential of the team about how the guys are working hard they're doing everything the right way and now here we are a little bit more or here we are in in, in late october and I, they they got to be on pace to be the most penalized team in Alabama history. They've already set a, a record, a single game record for uh, penalties, and uh, there's been uh, more undisciplined play from a Nick Saban team than, than we've seen. So, what 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 do you think is, is is there anything major going on that that maybe the the typical fan and uh, typical media guy like me i i'm just not seen other than it just something seems off you know I, honestly I, I can't put my finger on it I, I mean i know what you're saying and tony brought this up earlier as well and, and saying this doesn't feel right at times uh, it doesn't seem like things are you know kind of where we expected I, I think that's the key is that expectations for alabama can be so high based on the amount of championships they've won uh, the guys coming in out of uh, the transfer portal uh, as well as the recruiting classes that they've had that you just expect them to be at their very best. And, look, teams just take time to build chemistry. And on the offense side of the football, especially wide receiver, uh, is still you know taking time to build that up. And guys that are 
stepping in that have come in or transferred. You know, Harold just now hitting the field this last game. Uh, you know, Bur- Burton has you know has had some uh, highlights, some good spots at times, but um, you know maybe not that one A receiver, excuse me, that you thought that you might have uh, coming into the season. I think that, that, you know, all these things can get better as the year goes on. I think this week off will be big for them as far as getting some rest, kind of getting recalibrated for the ending of the season. Uh, Again, this team's only lost by three points and they're only lost to Tennessee, who's ranked number three in the country. So they haven't lost to a, you know, top uh, 15 team or a top 25 team. They lost to a top five team or top four team. Uh, and then the Tennessee Volunteers only by three points. So, again, it, it doesn't feel right or look right. I, I get what you're saying. I've heard that from many fans and, and even myself looking at the team at times going, you know, this is not what we expected, and especially on defense. I mean, to give up 52 points um, as Alabama's defense did against Tennessee. And, look, Tennessee's caused a lot of problems uh, for you guys for a lot of defenses. And the new kind of spread offense and the way the offense is approached in college football is just so different, difficult to – defend especially with the rpos we have a three yard downfield ability from offensive linemen it's really hard for the safeties and the linebackers to read that so a lot of coaches have wanted to go that one yard like you see in the nfl but um yeah i mean i get it but i think just be patient and uh, this team's going to hopefully continue to get better as the year goes on and the competition is going to be great the next two weeks to really get a gauge tony of where where this team is at and to give up only six points to a team that obviously has the SEC completions record holder and Will Rogers. Everyone kept talking, thinking about if Hendon Hooker can throw for this kind of yards against Alabama's secondary in their defense, what exactly is Will Rogers going to do? They shut him down. He did have some time. I think he got sacked four times in the game. But they did shut him down pretty much. I, I just didn't know. Just the play calling on both sides of the football were, were really bizarre, including, of course, going for it seven times, six or seven times for for uh, Mississippi State this past week, I thought it was, thought it was was kind of bizarre. And you mentioned, of course, the Tennessee, the, the top three team. Uh, they will no longer be number three after this next week, Lars, when they lose to the Kentucky Wildcats. Oh, Tony! All right, break this one down for us. Uh, listen, I'm a numbers guy. I look at numbers. Uh, smelly fish number two, <laughs> Kentucky, Tennessee. You want to take a stab at that line? <laughs> Uh, at Tennessee, at, at Neal Stadium, they just had seventeen the, Tennessee. Uh, let's go eleven and a half. Okay. You want to you want to explain to me why Tennessee is only favored by eleven and a half at home after they just played UT Chattanooga Choo Choo this past week? They had the Alabama thing off their shoulders. Everyone thought if they're going to have a down week, it'd be this week. They came out and just bludgeoned that football team. Now all of a sudden, they're only eleven point favorite against the Kentucky Wildcats at home. So you're that, are, you, that, are you predicting an upset? I am predicting upset. I'm going to take Kentucky plus the plus. I think I think it's I think the last time I saw it was eleven and a half. Uh, in all my heart, I think Tennessee could be covering that spread within the first five minutes of the game. It would not surprise me to turn the TV on see Tennessee up fourteen nothing with ten minutes left in the first quarter. Why is that line only eleven and a half? Why? I don't know. Because they're laying some brand new uh, bricks on uh, Caesar's Palace. Is why. <laughs> I'm just telling you that is a one bizarre looking line. So. Don't be surprised if Kentucky gives Tennessee. And I know, listen, uh, matchups, I get that, stats, all those things. I'm just a purely number-trending kind of guy. There's a reason why they're doing that, because they know everyone's going to be pounding on Tennessee this weekend. That's a weird-looking, strange line right there. You know, I I thought the same thing uh, last week when the Giants were only like favored by two points or something over yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah. And I, I, I was thinking about you. I'm mm-hmm. like... 
this is stinky fish Tony all over it. Yes. So I'm staying away for it. It, it, it. Stay away from it. It's too good to be true. Well, you know what? It wasn't too good to be true. Once in a while, the blind squirrel finds a nut. Uh, you know, the Atlanta <laughs> Falcons were 6-0 and against the spread before they played our Cincinnati Bengals, and our Bengals absolutely Joe blew them out. Joe Burrow just lit them up. Dude, That that tr- you want to talk about the cheetah <laughs> at Alabama? That trio of receivers for the Cincinnati Bengals are filthy, man. They got them for at least one more year. And they've got the uh, Browns coming up on Halloween. Hopefully it won't be anything scary. All right, since we're talking about the N- NBA or the uh, NFL, um, Tom Brady's got nine touchdown passes in seven games. Something doesn't jive. Something's wrong. We were talking about the wide receiving core. I want to talk about it coming up on the other side. Is Tom? Are we going to look back and go, I remember October 2022 when Tom was 45. That was the beginning of the end for Tom Brady. Is it over? I would say the beginning of the end was when he left training camp for 10 days to try to repair Ooh. his marriage, and it didn't work. And now it appears that uh, they are going to be parting ways, sadly. We'll get into it coming up on the other side. Stay with us. We're live from AVX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. It's the Tuscaloosa Community Calendar, powered by Pepsi. If you have a community event in Tuscaloosa in West Alabama, tell us about it. Seven for tomorrow and Friday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 75, the high Friday at 78 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in as we wrap up hour number two. We're talking about Tom Brady, the Buccaneers. They'll be without four starters when they host the Baltimore Ravens coming up Thursday night. And uh, quarterback Tom Brady tries to avoid three consecutive losses for the first time in 20 years and just a second time in his career. That was written by Gina Lane of ESPN, the staff writer. Uh, the Bucks will be without left guard uh, Luke Gadek, uh, also defensive back Antoine Winfield Jr., cornerback. Carlton Davis tied in Cam Brate is out against the Ravens reserve receiver Russell Gage and backup cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting also have been uh, ruled out. Wide receiver Julio Jones battling an injury will be a game time decision. And defensive lineman Akeem Hicks, who returned to practice this week for the first time since suffering a foot injury in week two, will be doubtful, the bowl said. So uh, they said they'll see how it feels uh, being out there for the two days, but uh, we'll play it by ear. As far as the game time decision, a lot of things happening. Kurt Warner kind of put his two cents saying that he feels like off the field things are beginning to become on the field issues for Tom Brady as well and why he's playing so poorly. But guys, your thoughts and uh, Tony, you teased it. So first for you with Tom Brady, uh, you know, what do you think this is signaling? It's the deepest into the season that, of course, uh, Tom Brady has been under 500 since 2002. Uh, You know, um, I like to think that guys can compartmentalize their lives and their personal lives because, Jay, we all have issues. We all have marital issues. We all have kids' issues. We have extended family who are sick or going through particular life changes. And I, and, and I get that. I, I realize a divorce is probably the top of that. Um, and because it is so public, uh, it, it certainly um, doesn't help. You know, I mentioned uh, last week Tom Brady probably doesn't need to be doing a podcast right now. 
uh, his Let's Go podcast, uh, because it, it's and maybe he looks at it from a therapeutic standpoint that he can talk about it. Because for the most part, I don't think he's being asked too many questions. It's the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Everyone knows what's going on in his life, but no one's asking him in press conferences, hey, by the way, do you think your marital woes are affecting your play? Because he'll say no. I thought that Tom Brady being Tom Brady winning seven Super Bowls would be even better. Uh, quite frankly, because uh, he'd be so immersed into his professional career and not having to worry about his wife. Obviously, the kids are a big part of that, and they'll have dual custody, which is nice to know. Um, and I thought he would really light it up. But as Lars and I were talking during the break, you look at his wide receiving core, uh, the question I heard this morning was, are they one or two players away from being uh, not a Super Bowl contender but a playoff contender uh, and is that something that Tom can get done with the Tampa Bay higher-ups? And I think the other interesting point is, is, and you brought this up, your good friend Bruce Arians is no longer there. Just how important is coaching when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now? What you got? Yeah, um, I, I think it's it's huge because Bruce was the mastermind of that offense. It's a Bruce Arians offense. And we all thought that they were going to have a really good year this year. And that was going to make uh, Byron Leftwich, who's the offensive coordinator, a uh, prime candidate to become uh, a head coach. And certainly the NFL needs more minority uh, head coaches. But now, because the offense has been sputtering the way it has, uh, I mean, this could set Byron Leftwich's career back several years. Uh, and look, I, I think it. it there's a, a a lot of different things going on here with the Bucks and and number one Jay is the offensive line uh, they just aren't playing very well uh, they're having trouble running the ball uh, Leonard Fournette looks like he just got old overnight mm-hmm. um, and uh, the wide receivers uh, we, we we talked about uh, Mike uh, Evans who. You know, if he catches that ball last week on the first series, maybe the whole game against the Panthers is different. But uh, he didn't. He dropped it. He looks to be on the decline. Chris Godwin, who's a younger player, but he's still coming back from a really bad ACL injury. He's not the same. So both Evans and Godwin are having trouble getting separation. And, Jay, you mentioned this the other day. There's no Rob Gronkowski. There's no Antonio Brown. When they made the Super Bowl run, Antonio Brown was very important. And uh, and 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 so they, they're missing a lot of pieces. Don't necessarily think, Jay, that you can blame this all on Tom. No, not at all. Not at all. And uh, I, I think the thing that uh, you look at is just – there is off the field things happening, and I think he tries to separate that whether it's good or bad, uh, but it still can affect you uh, on, on the field, and, and it can it can create disruption uh, for the players as well, and, and them worried about you know is he, his mind there, is his mind on the field, so you, you worry about that. And as a coaching staff, you try to do a good job of keeping everybody focused in. Don't worry about that. That's his personal stuff. Let him deal with that. What's happening on the field is based on all of us collectively, uh, as far as a group, and how can we get better week in and week out. A number of games still left to play. I mean, which we all know that, right? I mean, and, and I think yeah, they're still leading their division, are they not? So they, they've got time yes. to recover, yeah. to get chemistry back, to get a lot of guys healthy, 
as well and, and make a good run here and that uh, I guess they still got a, 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 a more than half of their season left to play but uh, the, the big one coming up against the Ravens they got a lot of guys going to be out we'll see how they, they kind of react to it and um, you know what they're able to do against the Ravens coming up tomorrow night but uh, but Tony hey thanks real quick uh, before we get to uh, the top of the hour tell everybody how they can find you on the Tony Curry Radio Network we got about 20 seconds Gareth, if you're on Apple, uh, just download the TKR app, TKR app, or Tony Curry Radio on Android and listen to our app. We have 14 different shows we do. And, of course, uh, search up the Tony Curry Radio podcast. That's Curry with a K, and you can listen to all of them, whatever you want. All right, awesome stuff. Lars, uh, I'm glad you were able to make it back uh, in studio with us and uh, from your faculty meeting down in Tuscaloosa. Thanks to all of our guys there at Ty 100.9 FM. Hardy for producing there at Ty 100.9 FM, our flagship station. And Josh Smith, our producer of all things there at Crawford Broadcasting. Have a great uh, Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow for the Thursday edition. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance.